This is a test of the emergency podcast system. Repeat, this is a test of the emergency podcast system. Hello and welcome to Disaster Girls, a podcast about disaster movies. I'm your host, Amanda, and oh, I always forget to say my last name, Amanda Smith. Not that there's another one, but uh, (laughs) with me today, I've got a returning guest. Returning guest, introduce yourself. I am Matt Kolsky. I am very excited to be back with my buddy, Amanda. Um, You know, I wish it was under better circumstances in terms of what we're going to discuss, but uh, I... I'm a fan, and and when I saw other people do repeat appearances, I was kind of, uh, I don't want to say I was insulted, but I felt left out, and so I I demanded to be put back on. So if it's bad, don't blame Amanda. I insisted on coming back on the podcast. No, it's not that you needed to demand to come back on. It's that I so rarely want to force people to do it (laughs) that I normally am like, oh, God, okay, hey, Matt. Would you mind terribly if you watch another movie starring The Rock that has questionable reviews? And then you're like, yeah, I'll do it. And then and then here we are. Well, um, this worked out great because yeah. this, this is the perfect time in my life to uh, ask me to do something, uh, you know, that that you're worried about. I got nothing but time. <laughs> so today we are talking about Skyscraper, the 2018 The Rock vehicle. Um, which is basically like the towering inferno meets diehard is I think the best synopsis of it. Um, that's an interesting synopsis. I'm not familiar enough with the towering inferno to, to say whether that's the case. I will say that I'm confident without being as familiar with the towering inferno, that it doesn't live up to the standards of either of the movies that you just <laughs> I mean, yeah. So, towering the towering inferno component is just it's the world's tallest building, and then all of a sudden there's a fire in it. Like that's the first half of this movie is straight up towering inferno. The second half of okay. this movie is Die Hard, and they just kind of did a a Reese's cup peanut butter in my chocolate chocolate in my peanut butter mashup of the two, um, <laughs> and then threw in the rock with um, a fake prosthetic leg which... okay i'm glad that came up in the first uh, yeah so i mean like let's it right off the bat like let's talk about it because it's hard to get around the fact that this is a movie in which the rock chooses to give himself a fake leg as a major like character <laughs> are we saying point. chooses to give himself are we are we giving him in tw- so this is 2018 not 2021 right did, did The Rock have the yes. power? Yes, to, The Rock yes? had the power by 2018. Absolutely. Okay. We were so we were so deep into The Rock era at that point. Like, yeah, I hold on. I'm going to pull up The Rock's filmography because I okay. think it is important. Because I'll to say see. this. If, if, assuming you're correct, which is, yeah. I think is fair to do, um, it is a rare misstep by Dwayne uh, to demand the prosthetic leg. Although I get it. In the sense of, clearly the presumption is no one would accept him as like anything resembling an everyman, which I think is the sort of diehard component you're referring to, right? Yeah. Yes, he has police training, right? But he's not supposed to be a superhero, which is what The Rock presents as. Yes. Like he's physically, there's just so much The Rock. I mean, the the reason and the explanation of why... so. To go back for a second, in terms of where in The Rock's filmography does this fall, and it was, by the way, produced by him. So, he, like, this is this is fully a The Rock joint. Okay. 
at this point, he has been in multiple Fast and the Furiouses. Oh, okay. All yeah. Right, yeah. Uh, Hercules as Hercules in 2014. San Andreas in 2015. He was in Gem in the... Oh, he's as archival footage of himself. So 2015 San Andreas, 2016 okay. Moana, okay, 2017 yeah, yeah. Jumanji, and then 2018 we get the one-two punch of Rampage, which yeah. we were here for before, and then Skyscraper. Yeah. Well, so, and I think part of my overall disappointment here is definitely mm-hmm. rooted in the beauty and majesty of Rampage. Which, oh, yeah. And, and okay, let, I don't want to get ahead of myself because we should continue the discussion of the important prosthetic leg. Yeah, um, I mean, it's, it's interesting because I went back and I looked. I was like, how did the like disabled community respond and it seems like there wasn't much of a response or if there was it's been so well buried by pr because like if you google like the rock prosthetic leg skyscraper you get a lot of these very specific niche websites that are like prostheticleg.com i'm not actually that's not even a joke like that's just genuinely the (laughs) name of the website like they're all these very specific prosthesis related um, right. websites and they're all talking about like how Dwayne Johnson honored the pro- the disabled community with his depiction like okay. so I don't I don't know it was I'm not gonna say he dishonored the disabled no. community I am gonna say it's a pretty ridiculous thing that you do forget about until it like falls off in a fight right. but other than the occasional limp the only the only real presence yeah. of the prosthetic leg is as a fighting utensil, essentially. Yes, or to wedge open uh, sliding titanium doors. That is the strongest. There's so one of uh, the show La Brea, which um, I, I have to assume at this point is probably going to be a victim to the strike, which is a real bummer because it was such a mad <laughs> house. Um, so. On La Brea, there's actually an actress who does have, she does have um, a prosthesis from below the knee. Um, And they do actually, they don't engage with it very, they've done, they did a couple of episodes kind of where it would come up of like, the alignment is off because she's in, you know, 10,000 BC. And And so there would be things where that would be relevant and you would see kind of the nuances of it. And so watching this, all I could think about was like, yeah, that prosthesis alignment is fucked like that's <laughs> you know he's using it to wedge a door open it's it becomes yes. tactical which is is weird it, it, like, like in die hard interesting... john mcclain uses many props yeah none of them are also a prosthetic limb yeah exactly so it's and he it, I I don't neither of us are suited to discuss the reality or the like how well he honors the community and all that. What both of us are suited to discuss is that it's inherently kind of weird to watch the rock hulk about and then randomly also be like, but hold on, the rock isn't the Hulk right now, because remember. Right. He was wounded in battle. And so it's like, it's, it is definitely a weird and like, I understand. So the reason that he has, he, we, the opening sequence is shows us 10 years prior where he was um, part of like a hostage team and he is sent in to 
save a family where the the father has like the movie opens with a domestic violence like crisis which is a heavy opening for this movie this is where i'm gonna Um, stop you because i think there's like a yeah transitional point here that we need to make slash dig into that is sort of my entire thesis of today's podcast oh okay um the very first note in my notes app here is in all caps and what it says is very grim beginning (laughs) and (laughs) the thing about it is the conversation we just had about a prosthetic lower leg that is that is largely used for fighting and like uh you know Die hardy stunts, but more Mission Impossible y stunts, really, right? Um, yeah, like he's he's at one point, like he's stripped there fully, yes, multiple scenes, like yes. the Burj Khalifa sequence of exactly. him on the outside of the Burj Khalifa. This Except instead of the Burj Khalifa super high tech grabby things, he uses duct tape, which is die hard. again, die hard, yeah, which. Which they worked to be fair though, like I would also choose yes. duct tape over the super high tech grabby things because I like even before in the Burj Khalifa sequence, I was like, no, that tech's gonna fail. Whereas duct tape has never Amen. once failed me, so Although, I get it. Uh, unrelated, as I'm doing a lot of like uh, handyman stuff around my own house recently, I uh, did Google this morning can you use duct tape instead of electrical tape? And the answer is no, no, you cannot. Um, no, you can't, no, because duct tape. Like, I would imagine there's, like, something in the... It can like be conductive, depending on what can't. duct tape. And also, it doesn't have the, like, tacky wrappiness to actually... wrap. Anyway, we don't need to talk about my house. Yeah. But um, the duct tape is diehard, the, but it's diehard, te- like, diehard tools for a yeah. Mission Impossible problem. And then a leg. Anyway, <laughs> to hear us talk about the way that leg is used, right... You would probably yeah. assume that there was a certain lightheartedness to this film, not unlike Rampage, which we talked about last time. And and if anyone hasn't seen it, it's a delightfully yeah. lighthearted romp about basically the video game characters from the old arcade game Rampage and The Rock being uh, a lover, but also a fighter. Um, this film has no sense of humor. It starts no, grim. It's true. It is like, I think, trying to be emotional at times. It is dark and it does not laugh yeah. at itself or anything else. There is maybe one joke in this entire 90 or 100 minutes of movie. And it makes it kind of insufferable because everything that happens is so completely ridiculous, beginning with the leg, but there's a thousand things, including the fact that you mentioned a very tall building. You mentioned the Burj Khalifa. They didn't just make it the Burj Khalifa or the building that was, you know, 50 feet taller than the Burj Khalifa. They were like, it's five times the height of everything that's ever been built put yeah. together. <laughs> like everything. It touches the right. lower atmosphere. It's, it's turned so up tall. to 15, never mind 11, in every way. Yeah. And it refuses to acknowledge any level of humor. Yeah, yeah. I. It's interesting because, like, this movie, I did... 
I think I'm going to end up liking this movie more than you because it did feel a little bit more to me like the 70s style disaster movies. This didn't feel like a modern. This felt like it had a lot of roots in 70s disaster. Um, But what I thought was interesting about it, and it's really interesting when you look at where it is kind of in The Rock's career and the fact that like this and Rampage come out at the same time. And both of those, I think, are the least the this in particular is the least The Rock performance we will ever see from The Rock. Um, I think from this point on, like, as I was watching it, okay, so I'm jumping around, but there's a scene where The Rock fully gets his ass whooped yeah. in a fight. And he's not just getting his ass whooped in a fight. Pablo Schreiber is whooping his ass. Pornstache. Pornstache from Orange is the New Black is just or throwing The from, Rock uh, around his house. Nikki from, from season two of The Wire. Of The Wire, yeah. Like, this is not, as I was watching it, I just was like, how is it like the guy looks like the Terminator because of how he is just demolishing the rock. Um, And I, and as I was watching it though, I was like, I couldn't help but think of the, you know, the Hobbs and Shaw thing of how like neither of them can lose a fight. And so they had to have the exact same number of wins of fights. And like, it's, I think there's something really interesting about what, with this in Rampage, which is also like a softer The Rock. That's like one of the softest The Rock performances. We see him like having this emotional connection with the giant ape, etc. But this one in particular, he has he has these moments with his wife, with 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 Sarah, where he's showing vulnerability, where he's saying, I don't know if I can do this. I don't think I'm suited for the job. Like this will really make a difference with our family. There's no posturing. There's no macho. I don't think he has a single like sequel. He doesn't have a moment where he, you know, punches the bad guy, then says a a quip. There's no quips. You know, there's none of that. There's no quips. So to a degree, I think it's a really I actually really end up loving Mm. this movie because of what a different The Rocket is. And like, because I think that there is a world in which if this movie had done really well, we could have gotten the rock going into a direction that's more interesting than I think what he's currently in. Um, Like we might not be in the black Adam scenario that we're currently in of the rock being like, I, you know, the rock controlling his image in a micromanaging way. If not for, you know, I think, I think that there's a, this is sort of a dividing point. And so I don't mind as much how serious it is because of that. I don't mind the seriousness. I do think, though, that coming in with starting with a domestic violence um, hostage situation yeah. that culminates in a bomb where, like, the man and his in young child are killed and then The Rock loses his leg and, like, a, possibly other members of his team because of his own incompetence. Um, that's a lot to yeah, come man. in on. And it's in, yeah. And it's interesting in particular because it's like, I get what they were going for, which, you know, I think of like the speed setup of, um, you know, like, yeah. And so it's like, it's got a little bit of the speed tones of like, oh, we're going to set up the the hostage situation, the opening, and then it's going to come back at the end. I do kind of shoot that, but I do kind of think that like, there's maybe a world in which we could have just gotten the rock losing his leg in Afghanistan situation in 2008 of like, Oh, an IED goes off and he loses a leg that way. That maybe would have. He, 
the only relevance of that opening scene as we move forward is his relationship with his team member, right? And the loss of the leg. Yeah, um, yeah. Like, he got out of the game. So it just as easily could have been getting out of the military and doing the same thing. You know, he still would have been qualified to be like a security expert or whatever. And he still could have had a guy from his military team. And that would have even theoretically maybe been a stronger bond, uh, you know, in people's heads when they watch it. So um, I'm totally with you on that. It was wildly. And and I guess I don't want to make it sound like I hated every second of this or anything. Um, I do think you probably liked it more than me. I definitely don't have the 70s disaster flick uh, library to reference to, but I, I didn't hate it. One of the things I was going to talk about today is how The Rock, despite a self-serious movie that doesn't necessarily suit his, I mean, whatever you want to call what you just described, his preferred uh, <laughs> like uh, mode of expression. Yeah, um, sort of. He, yeah, he's a very good actor, actually. You know, and and even when he's not being asked to be funny or quippy, he's very watchable and, and very convincing, which is something for a guy that looks so specific, you know, to your point, those emotional scenes with the great Nev Campbell, who I was thrilled to see in a movie in 2018, um, quality Nev Campbell as well. He's, you believe it. You believe that he's a guy that's lost his leg and sort of his confidence. And, you know, this is a big day for him in terms of his career and all that stuff. Like it all it all works. Um, I guess maybe my issue is and I think this gets to the choices he has made as well is like, I also do just kind of want to watch him be the rock. <laughs> and sure. and I, I feel like if we're going to see The Rock do a different thing, I would almost rather yeah. it be a totally different thing than a different version of the same thing. Um, so if I didn't really like this movie, I think that's what it is. It's like, I'd love to see The Rock take on a serious role. I think there's got to be a way to get to that that's less ridiculous than this movie. And and at the same time, if he's going to be doing ridiculous stuff like climbing the tallest building in the world with one leg uh, and duct tape, I'd like a few laughs. Yeah, I, I, I don't think that's an unreasonable <laughs> ask at all. No, that like that's all of that makes perfect sense. And it is it's definitely like as you watch it, it's almost there's there's so much about seeing the rock in this setup just because there's so much the rock that it's it's a lot to take in um and a, a big disconnect in terms of what they're telling us the character is versus what we're physically seeing yes. the character as um yeah and it's a lot but i'm glad yeah i will say it, it's the i mean nev campbell oh, i yes. can't wait I, to talk I, about i will that, say quickly way. since we uh since i am panning the lack of comedy i think the one deliberate laugh line which was tremendous was, you know, but I don't know if we'll have time to list all of the incredible challenges, uh, physically speaking, that The Rock faces uh, with his detached limb throughout the course of this film. 
Uh, but there is a scene maybe two thirds of the way through his trials and tribulations. So there's more to come, but he's been through a lot at this point. And he's like looking at a digital yeah. map of what he's going to have to do to stop the one thing to do the other thing. And, and he's like behind the turbines. Come on. Man. He, just, <laughs> he just has this exasperated, like, come on, dude. Like this is, this is what, this is a bridge too far. And I laughed out loud in that moment. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, again, there's no flies on the rock. I have nothing bad to say about him. And and overall, like, I'm not going to tell you not to watch this movie if a skyscraper that's the biggest thing in the world burning and the rock doing diehard good to you. Like, that's what it is. And it it does deliver that. Yeah, it's just also like, it's it's not necessarily no, it's the not most painful. fun time. It's just kind of, it's, it's just yes. exhausting after like the first half of this movie. I was shocked by how short this movie actually is because the first half of this movie feels yes, so. And there's long. just some stuff. It's just that like. Well, I will say too, from a disaster standpoint, it, it, like before we uh, mm-hmm. start being negative again, um, there are some. You know, from a disaster perspective, I think, like you said, it's a skyscraper on fire. But the like, di- di- you know, core disastery moments are height related, right? They're they're, and it yeah, is yeah. tense. It uh, like I it had my vertigo working. Like there's a mo there's a hand mm-hmm. slip moment, and you know, it's one of those funny things. You know, The Rock is surviving this film, right? Like th- there's intellectually yeah. there's no point at which i think he's not going to survive the movie but there is one hand slip where like i i jump my whole body like whoo uh it, it's a really effective like the way it's shot from a heights perspective if that stuff triggers you at all it's super effective um so you know i think they deserve credit for that too but there's so many bizarre choices from a film perspective yeah all of the height stuff, like the rock climbs the exterior of a crane uh, to get up to the 98th floor. So he climbs like a, uh, if you assume every floor, let's say, is like 12, 15 feet, you know, he's climbing o- over a thousand yeah. foot high crane, free, free climbing it. It is, I, I mean, look, nobody, I think at that point, at that height, no, likes heights. Right. Um, so saying I don't like heights is sort of like, well, yeah, no one does at that point. But also watching it, I was like, this is every fiber of my being is telling me to turn this off because I am so deeply un-. like the wind is the oh, thing man. that gets me. It's not even the heights. It's not even the like the when you look down and you see how far away like that's who I get that little, you know, chest feeling. But the wind component is always the thing that I'm like. Nope, I'm out. You can't. I can't do it. I can't. for some reason like wind at height is is just my brain is like nope. I, if there were no air movement, I'd be somehow in my that's brain. I'd be like yeah, that's fine. Is it just like I mean, maybe it's just like you, you feel like you can control your body, but if like an unexpected force is delivered, you you don't know what's going to happen. I think I just inherently there's a part of me that like under I understand what wind is. Like, logically, I understand what wind is. I also find the fact that air can be powerful to be That's terrifying. <laughs> like, I don't know. I can't explain it. But yeah, 
there's something about like the wind component when it gets added into the heights that that's when my body, my whole body is like, nope, I'm out. I'm done. Not anymore. So like when he was on the climbing that skyscraper, climbing the, uh, the, the, the crane, yeah. thing, the, the crane, there was a moment where I was like, that looks physically hard. That looks terrible. I don't like it. And right. then the wind picked up and then my whole body just like seized. And I was like, okay, okay, we're doing it. We're... And then they of course get to the wind turbines, which I will say when it was set up in the opening, it's like we go from the rock seeing the heavenly face of Nev Campbell for the first time, which like if I were being pulled into surgery and Nev Campbell loomed over me and was like, everything's going to be okay. I'd be like, cool. I'm dead. There's an angel. This is great. Um, but we go from that to like this British guy voiceovering how the entire skyscraper works. And he mentions that it's all powered by two wind turbines in the center. And I was like, I cannot at that moment. I was done in. We're going to yeah. have a climax in that scene one way or another. Like either the rock is going to be dangling over it or he's going to be punching the bad guy in it. Or so I was not expecting the rock is going to scale the exterior of the building to no. jump through them. But I'm not mad about it. I, I they there were. They were less central to the plot than I thought. Yeah, as it turned out, the more central aspect of the uh, architecture was the sphere, which, which is just like a hall of well, mirrors. I, I never the the sphere is the thing that works the okay, least for me in this movie. Did you not at any point consider the fact that a real one of those has just been built in Las Vegas? <laughs> oh, the sphere. Yeah, the sphere. Yes. Like the actual sphere, no, the one in Vegas is significantly worse because at least the one that's on this building like looks like a beautiful pearl, whereas the one in Las Vegas is just aggressive it, light it, pollution. It is. That said, two things. First of all, it, allegedly it's a spectacular venue uh, in, its, in its early days. And, yes, that's and whatever. But, although he's yeah. one of the worst basketball owners of all time, James Dolan is actually quite good at the music side of the uh venue industry and i couldn't help but wonder if he got this idea from watching the film skyscraper <laughs> starring the rock because i haven't checked because i don't care that much but I, I you know they could have broke ground in 2019 you know what i'm saying um i i don't i i think that this is the the thing that you should be telling people when they mention this know, is, did you know he got the idea you from skyscraper like you should say it <laughs> There's no reason not to say it like absolute fact until right, there's any proof otherwise. Yeah, so that that was funny to me. But but yeah, it's Hall of Mirrors E, yeah. but not unlike James Dolan's sphere in Las Vegas, it's like video screens, right? So he can like Hall of Mirrors yeah. it in whatever way he wants to to sneak away, which it, it was far before the, the climax in the sphere. But um, midway through this movie, I did write down, is the real disaster here the billionaire? <laughs> that's always it's kind like of a, that's yes sort of an existential answer. question in america at this moment yeah and like the the yeah the nightmare was the billionaire all along um but and the thing is is it's never not the billionaire is never even in and this has been true in like even back going back to 70s movies the billionaire or the at the time like multi-millionaire is never necessarily the true antagonist, but his arrogance is always a a form of anti yeah, at of best. the antagonist. At best, his his he's yeah. hoisted on his own petard, much to everyone's uh, dismay and and ill fortune. 
and that yeah. is certainly the case here because not but only yeah. did he build this ridiculous building, but his plan to like reverse blackmail the police so as not to be blackmailed or something, I, it, uh, or the gangs, the, the gangs. They're, they're not the police. It's like yeah, they're they're we they're underlord the police, gangsters. Though, because I have some complaints about the Hong Kong Police Department. Oh. Um, but yeah, he's he's, he's trying to reverse blackmail some gangsters. Uh, it's just very poorly executed and really like for some reason entirely based around a handheld, uh, you know, advanced USB device that he's like keeping in his pocket now. Um, it's all very confusing yeah. as to why he would handle these things this way. Um, and also like these gangsters are very professional because they have slipped a an insurance investigator that is that that they own into his like inner circle here. Um, yeah, it's it's a lot of of you know. It feels th- this is one of those movies where the plot is is strung together with yes. like candy floss. Um, yeah, so. The reason that the building is on fire is because there are these sort of like underworld gangster e terrorist type people. I don't know, sort of vaguely bad guys um, who are have set the building on fire and then needed the rocks needed the rock in order to get access to the offsite security so that they could then control all the security in the building and turn off the uh, fire safety measures so that they can push the billionaire out of the building so he'll take the USB with him. And it just... All of that is sort of like... Well, and then... Sure, we need a plot, but I don't know that the plot... And then there's another layer. Because that that is convoluted enough, um, if anyone couldn't tell. And, And then at a certain point you come to find out that so when they initially stuff starts going wrong and someone asks the billionaire, like, do you know who this is? He's like, I absolutely know who it is. It's this one guy. He's definitely after me or whatever. But then it turns out that although he is correct, (laughs) that guy actually is working for some other people. There's some sort of syndicate or something, but like none of this stuff is necessary in any way. Like for any of the, it's just added plot that is sort of confusing, um, and and it's not that there's a shortage of The Rock doing crazy things, but I would have rather just watched more of The Rock doing crazy things than like try to understand why the criminal who's the criminal is actually only a henchman of the real criminals who otherwise are totally uninvolved in the film. Um, <laughs> Yeah, that's I mean, and that's the thing that's like you know Hans Gruber. You always got the sense that Hans Gruber was calling all. And it was straightforward. Like Hans Gruber has a complaint. Yeah, he's doing this thing to express his displeasure, and that's the all the backstory you need. Everything else happens within the building. We don't need a like shadowy imaginary thing on the outside to create extra tension or anything like that. The tension is the building on fire. 
Yeah, and and I always find the problem with like the big shadowy mega organization behind the villain is that I'm like, okay, well that doesn't solve the problem. It's sort of like the Star Wars issue of like, okay, you blew up the Death Star, but like, right, there's still the Empire. Um, and with Star Wars, that makes sense because you've got an expanded world. Like, sure. But in this case, I'm like, okay, that doesn't solve any problems. So I'm not sure where we're at with this. Um, but that's, I also, like, the thing is, is I don't care enough to be concerned right. about that. So that's kind of where I'm at with it is I'm like, uh, I don't understand what's happened. Like, I don't understand why this solves the problem. Like, you kind of leave this unfinished. But I also, while the actor who plays the billionaire is very charming and I would love to see him in more things, I am also like, no, I don't care. Right. Let him die. What does it mean? Like, it does not, I never got a sense of why his being able to take down the underworld had any impact on anybody else's life but his own. And I didn't care enough about him to care why it impacted his right. life. And so given that like... he, he, it seemed as though his plan with the evidence he had to potentially take down the underworld was to just sit on it so they didn't blackmail him anymore. It really has no stakes in the real world. Yeah. So like, what was the point? Um, another weird thing, and I want to make sure, how did you uh, consume skyscraper like uh, technology wise uh on my on television did you rent it on amazon like I... okay so yeah i rented it yeah. i assume it was the same for you that there were like full scenes throughout the movie in what i assume is chinese with no subtitles like of the cops um the cops had entire conversations oh, in Chinese no. and I could not there were no subtitles and I, and when I turned them on it went blank during those scenes god I'm trying to think I mean I know when Nev Campbell speaks Cantonese to them because they're they're all speaking yes, Cantonese which is interesting because in I, I and then they start speaking English yeah, but in that Cantonese. Cantonese that they were speaking was not translated for me it was well, translated for me. That's not a choice of the producer. Maybe be, I, don't I don't know. Maybe I rented it. All I did was rent it on Amazon, and I got yeah. no subtitles for that, which was very frustrating. That's very confusing. Yeah, you're not going to know anything because, like, you then you won't know the entire. Like, not that the subplot with the police officers comes to anything, but you won't even understand like their little back and forth of like, why is he doing that? I don't understand why he's right. coming into the building. I like. Like you can gather the the the, the tenor and, yeah. and basic content of these conversations, but I was like, "Why is this happening?" Clearly, there was a technology glitch somewhere for yeah. me. Um, but while we're on the cops, um, a few things. Yeah. First of all, sure. Like, maybe I missed something, but as far as I can tell, the first time anyone approaches the building is over an hour into the film at which point the rock has has climbed like three different things <laughs> we we don't see it's interesting because there's no like dispatching no. of emergency services to deal Anything. with the building itself no they really seem very content to let it burn which i guess like to a degree if it's on the 98th floor like what are you gonna do like they they don't like i you don't we don't, don't have the ability have, like, to but this is why i won't get into or something couldn't someone no have i don't think you can building? you can't spray 
vertically. Like, I don't think you can spray laterally. Like, I don't think there's a way. I don't know. And they do say they do say that the helicopters can't get close enough to the right. building because the heat is making is causing problems. But it is genuinely like we don't have a scene of cops on the ground floor of that building nothing. guiding people out. That's true. No one There's goes nothing. The everyone, only... everyone is watching. It, 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 it tells us virtually yeah. all of Hong Kong has stopped to observe this gigantic burning building from cops to lay people. And they're all watching and yes. they're talking about it. And they are mostly perplexed about the behavior of Dwayne The Rock Johnson. And otherwise, they're just kind of chilling. Yeah, yeah. There's no, we don't get to see any sort of like emergency dispatching of like, okay, we've got to get teams on the south side. Yeah. Like you normally see when we get the cops and we get sort of like the, that sort of, the way that it's set up, you expect to see it. And instead, you've all, you, instead of that, you've sort of got the fugitive dynamic of like the cop who's trying to figure out why the guy, because they all think the well, rock that's has been the other thing is, all of this, obviously, because of all the things that we just talked about, where there's so much weird detail yeah. in the plot, there is no detail yeah. to suggest that there is a convincing frame job around the rock. It's just like, one phone yeah, call. Yeah, they just they just announced that it's him. <laughs> and yeah. and all the cops are like, well, I guess that phone call's the truth. This guy must be uh, causing all the problems, despite the fact that he is like doing death defying stunts just to try to get into the building. I mean, I do appreciate. So the way that that happens is that like he's he's been chased down by gangsters, and then the gangsters. You know, the, the and then uh, this is after he's killed, accidentally killed his his buddy, who was the one who framed him. And then he has ridden off on a police motorcycle, gone to the building. And then right as he gets to the building, the there is an announcement on loudspeakers that's like the rock yeah. is responsible. And everyone just turns to the man who sticks out like a sore, th a sore thumb in any crowd and is like, we need to get that man. And then he takes off and thus begins this sort of like half-hearted the fugitive vibe between the rock and the right. hong kong police guy and it's definitely like in terms of believability that didn't i didn't even question it because i was like yeah if the cops are told directly that one guy is responsible for the most <laughs> impossible thing on earth they'll they'll believe it because it's easier than doing the investigative work like yeah they will that's that is what? how these things happen so that 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 i didn't question i did i was like Okay, guys, you've just watched the go. man scale a crane. Let him, yeah. let him, let him cook. At you that know? point, like once we get point, to that you start point, to question yeah. whether this is the guy. Wait, he's now yeah, and then like a crane which... to get back into the building. We were accusing him of setting fire to. Maybe this wasn't his idea after all. Yeah, and then of course, like, and this is probably you probably didn't get this because of the fact that you didn't have the the captioning, but. We do get the moment with the police chief where he's like looking at the screen and his second in command. They're both like, why would he try to get back in the building? What would cause a man to do that? And my brain was like, he wants something in the building. But the police chief has better <laughs> instincts than I have because he went his family. Yeah, He figured it out. And then like it was shortly thereafter confirmed that like, yeah, his his family was last because they were like, we need to figure out where his family is. And they were like, his family was last seen inside the building. And then he was like, see, but there's no 
And then it just yeah, kind of gets dropped. Th- so that's it's like, another thing. Like all of this stuff is so, as you said, it's it's floss. It's it's flossed together because yeah, who reported them last seen in the building? The only people who saw them in the building are the criminals. <laughs> no one's in the building. Yeah, on, it's, on it, the I levels mean, where they are. <laughs> right. I like. I guess you could kind of like. Again, this is the this is the if you you know. The problem with this movie is if you think about any individual piece too long, you have to right. write the movie yourself. So, like, you have to go, okay, Hong Kong has a robust facial go. recognition yeah. kind of setup. So, which they do. Like, you can track a person through Hong Kong using all the cameras. So, like, okay, they use the facial recognition software to figure out and then track his family there from the panda Good exhibit thinking. back yep. to the building. They went in the building. Okay. We have it on camera. That's a lot of, that's a lot of work is. for me to do. In a movie where The Rock is duct taping himself to where, the side of the building. And also where you did so like, much that's... work that was unnecessary to build backstories that we didn't need. Yeah. So it's just, it's a lot. I don't know that it damages my enjoyment of the individual set pieces. It, they're great. Like, the set pieces are incredible. I just, it, it definitely does speak to, like, this movie is uh, seven ideas that have been thrown at a dartboard and then kind of pieced together. Um, I I think we gotta we gotta yes. get into the Nev Campbell of it because the thing I do want to give this movie credit for is that so often the wife figure is sort of just like a a, a literal dummy being moved around right. from location to location, and Sarah's right. She's awesome. not an object that they have taken that he needs to get back. She's a character in the movie. Yeah, she's extremely yeah. competent too. Like she's she's very capable. They give her the backstory that she was like an a navy a, a surgeon right. in the army or something. And or a marine. She's some she's, sort she's of uh, you know, war time surgeon sort of thing. Yeah. And then she's like loving and supportive of her husband but not in a weird like or like a sad soft or like way. a oh I feel bad for her way. Yeah. Exactly. She or like and there's no sense that the marriage is on its last like, you know, its last days. There's none of that. It's just like, oh, this is a happy functional marriage between two people who mm-hmm. seem to really and like each other. who have kids huh, and like are dealing with that shit too. Um which you know, it's yeah. one of those dumb things kids that are... as a as a young man I would have said is ridiculous, but when you have characters that are, as a as a parent of two now, when you have characters that are parents that are not over-dramatized or stupidly done, even in a relatively stupid movie, it stands out. And it, it, like, it is mm-hmm. a point of identification for me, whether I like it or not. Um, like, I feel it when that's done, not stupid. Um, so, yeah, like that... Part of what's confounding about this movie, I think, is like the actors really showed up. <laughs> yeah, they have a great like they the dynamic with the with between Nev Campbell yeah. and The Rock is great. The kids are like not terrible disaster children; yeah. they're pretty cool. Like they they they're innocuous, and then you know they don't ever. At no point do either of the kids do something right. that they weren't supposed to do. And I gotta respect the kids the for that. Story. Like, yeah, yeah, nothing that's, makes that's me crazy. There's no, there's no plot point where it's like, oh boy, the kid created a huge problem. 
Yeah, none of them go wandering off in the middle of a fire, which like that happens. And so I'm really grateful for that. And then Nev Campbell basically solves, saves the day. Like she's the actual hero of this movie. And super strong too. She kicks the bad lady in the face. Yeah, and super strong when it comes to needing to like hold on to things or, uh, you know, lift people. Yes. Well, yes, she, she, yeah, she's been working out, you know, she's, you can't be married to the rock and not be eating some of that tilapia and doing, you know, yeah, your everydays. So. I, uh, I, yeah, the, the, but I, I just, she, she's got to be on a smaller calorie count than him is what I would say. Yeah. Well, I mean, just <laughs> consumption wise, no one can consume. It's sort of like how, you know, Gaston eats right, six dozen eggs a day and you're just like, well, that's, that's the rock. Like, that's just what it is. The rock eats a small pond of fish oh, every yeah. single day. Um, and that's, you know, Nev Campbell yeah. is eating two fish a day. But she, like, throughout the, she basically by, like, he, I did, lo- I did enjoy that they, rather than have the entire, that there's, multiple moving parts of the family that he has to save. I was worried that we were going to end up in a situation where we were going to have to keep track of who's where and who has to be saved. And instead he gets his son and his wife out of the situation entirely by like two thirds of the way through the movie. And then instead Nev Campbell becomes sort of the, she gets paired up with the cops and starts problem solving there and ends up in the possession of the iPad that controls everything, which this whole movie is about how safe that building is. And if it's being infrastructured by like one iPad, I'm sorry. Right. There's, you could there's no not fail safe. There's no building. like, there's, there's no, you know, other remote backup, nothing. The people on the actual offsite place have no control over anything. If that iPad is compromised, it's completely insane. Um, also to your point, you mentioned like Nev Campbell. There's a few other things I want to get to with her because first of all, like, we haven't seen Nev Campbell just like play an adult woman that much. Her like for whatever yeah. reason, I don't know why. Um, she's good. She's a good actress, and and she did a good job here. Um, she does partner with the cops, which is another thing that I don't think is sufficiently explained. Because while we know she has some credentials that that should involve her here, to them she's just the wife of the dude you thought was the bad guy 20 minutes ago. <laughs> so like, yeah, she very quickly joins the team, which is pretty cool. Um, but doesn't make any sense. Well, like, once she gets the jacket, yeah, like, well, I guess you so. don't have a choice. Oh, now. You damn have it. The police jacket. Someone gave her that jacket. So. We got to let her make decisions. Uh, I also yeah. loved truly that. And this is a huge difference from die hard. Um, in, a, in what I think is a, a an enjoyable way, actually. Whereas uh, Holly Gennaro, I believe is her name, is like both perplexed by her soon-to-be ex-husband's actions and also kind of of the vibe of, see, this is the type of shit he likes to get into and, and that's, that's why this isn't going to work, right? <laughs> Um, mm-hmm. Nev Campbell is neither surprised nor upset about The Rock's antics. In fact, yeah. she just sort of is quietly but confidently rooting for him as he's 
scaling a building with nothing but duct tape and some rope to hold him uh, 96 stories in the air. <laughs> She's just like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. You go get him, baby. <laughs> So yeah, her. yeah, they she's she's so on the opposite yes. end of the bitch ex-wife like, you know, that's because that, and which, by the way, that is not my phrasing for how I would describe any of the ex-wives in these movies. But that is how I would assume in all these movies, this right. screenwriter describes right. the ex-wife is she's yeah. the bitch ex-wife that he's still paying alimony to. You never get that vibe from Sarah. Sarah's just like, yeah, he can do it. Yeah, he's going to be fine. I mean, like, not that, you know, she's worried for him, but there's never any, she does not once doubt or question him in a way that feels very organic. Yeah, and I really like, like there, you know, it's yeah, nice he to does see. this sort of thing sometimes, but, you know, I, I want him to be okay, but I'm confident. <laughs> yeah. She is. And which, what's really amazing about it is that she has the full confidence in him, despite the fact that. She does not meet him until right. after his career of scaling down the sides of rock faces in order to bomb your way into a building, as we see in the opening sequence. Like, it's a full commando. The The strike team that goes in for that hostage situation is so, I don't want to say excessive because obviously it's a hostage situation, for but it feels a like a lot home. in yeah, terms of- it really does. And it's never yeah, explained who that guy is like, or how it got to that point or anything about that. Other than just like a horrible, as you said, we we are we give the basic scene set of a horrible domestic violence situation with a bomb, and and we never know yeah what it was about. We don't even really know what that team was about. Were they like a hostage specialist team? Were they just like a nearby military outfit? Like we don't know anything about that. It's, it's very weird. Yeah, he was supposed to be like a hostage specialist, but I gotta say, like. One thing that's really striking about this movie is that in the first 20 minutes of, the, of this movie, we see The Rock be tremendously bad at his job twice. That's a great point. Like, he's really bad at his job in both his old job where he gets semi-blown up and then in his new job where before he sees the off-site facility that controls everything, he's like, I'm ready to give this building a full sign-off that it can be insured because it's secure. And I'm like, you don't, you don't want to see how the secure... like. Everything you've described about the setup of this building is controlled entirely at the offsite right. location, which you have yet to see. So when he says, I am ready to fully sign off on this building once I see the offsite location, I'm like, well, that's a big once I see, dude. Like, as evidenced by the fact that we then see the process of trying to get to the offsite location is tremendously right. not secure. You go by boat and then you get mugged by like yeah. the crime syndicate. And the only reason that they didn't get the iPad, which is activated by facial recognition, is because you happen to put it in your coat pocket because you have coat pockets the size right. of deli trays yeah. because you are the rock. Like the I can't fit an iPad inside my coat jacket. pocket. I can barely fit my phone in there. Get a mini iPad. <laughs> Like I've carried, I've carried my phone in a suit jacket. It's not, yeah. it's cumbersome. But if you're the size of the rock, a tablet is the size of yeah. my iPhone That's mini. Right. So it's not a big deal. But again, it's like you watch, like this is, this sequence is not speaking to a no, secure situation, regardless of if That's there right. were terrorists and Can we go back involved. to the boat? Because I don't think you necessarily fully conveyed the boat situation which um it's it's like 
hey, we have to go to the super secure island. Let's hop on the San Francisco Alameda Bay ferry. <laughs> it's not like. Yeah, it's it's very much a no. ferry. It's not even a private boat. Right. Like you're a billionaire. Get it. You don't have your own boat for the purposes of your super secure offshore facility? What is happening right now? And and they just like are in line with the the hoi polloi. It's ridiculous. Why are you taking a boat? Where is the helicopter? Like you could land. Take the helicopter. And as you said, the initial the initial line of all right yeah everything's great i'm ready to sign off i just have to see this offshore facility where absolutely everything is controlled and totally maintained which it's basically saying checks all done all i got to see is literally everything yeah well i mean which in terms of believability i do as i was watching i was like yeah that that does track in terms of like you do indeed how need to do that a billionaire well, yeah, but also like, you know, there's there's that thing of like, okay, billion we see this quite often with tech in tech of like a tech billionaire will pitch how something is supposed to work and you're like, "Ah, oh, obviously that that's how it's going to work." You know? Yeah. yeah, like the all of the setups, all of the all of the the safeguards they have in place of, you know, and then the, the fire safety system will do these things and it's like I couldn't help but think of how we're told AI is going to work or how, you know, we were told that the Tesla mm. self-driving works. Um, and it's like, well, okay, but then in practice, is that how we're, it actually works? And they're like, well, this is how it's supposed out. We're to We're moving work. forward. <laughs> and then they do it and you're like, oh yeah. no, everyone dies in yeah. the Tesla self-driving. But at that point, it's it's gotten the green light because of how it was pitched. So I couldn't help but think of that sort of like, you know, I'm not questioning whether or not a guy would sign off by being told by the tech billionaire that that's how it's going to work. That he'd be like, yeah, I just got to see it, you know, the nuts and bolts, and then we'll be good to go. And it's like, well, yeah, but what are the nuts and bolts, man? Because it sounds that's like right. it's everything. Um, a yeah. couple of extra notes I want to throw at you just before, before we, uh, you know, move through the end portion here. Um, we've danced around this, but this film is as good a commercial for duct tape as I have ever seen. It has tremendous uses. And every time the rock needs to do something crazy, he looks around and is like, where's my duct tape? Um, It gets name checked repeatedly. You know, it's just a really good day for duct tape in this movie. Yeah. This is, which I am, I, this is a very stupid anecdote, but um, there was a I don't know if you've ever heard of secret cinema it's like this thing that they do in the UK and they basically recreate it's 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 like an an immersive experience set around a movie and they they pick a movie and then they create like for uh, the one that I did was Star Wars and they created sort of like a whole cantina setup and you could yeah it was incredibly cool and like and then they actually have like moving set pieces and things. It's it's the whole story of it is incredible. There's no reason for me to recap it. But one of the things that you were like that you had to go prepared with was you had to go prepared to be able to barter with uh, oh, Jawas. No. And so I and I was tra- I was traveling at the time, so I didn't have time to like 
go run and pick up like cool jemmy looking things so i was like i'm just gonna go i was in london and i didn't know where i was i i had like 30 minutes and so i was like i'm buying duct tape and so i just went and i had this like roll of duct tape on my arm and i was trying to like barter with the jawas and be like no 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 you don't understand this is great this fixes your ship this plugs holes you can make a wallet if you want to and the Java actors were so they he, they would walk by and they'd see me and they'd motion ripping the duct tape and then shake their heads at me and walk away. Like I got fully wow. <laughs> blackballed by the Jawas of this immersive. Ex- and I was like, you don't understand what you are walking away from Jawas. Duct tape's the best thing in the Star Wars yeah. universe and none of you know it. So I felt very vindicated by this movie because I do truly believe like a roll of duct tape can get you if free. If the Jawas life. had seen Skyscraper, uh, they would not have walked by you so cavalierly. No, that would not have been mocked by multiple Jawas in this experience. I was, I was genuinely shocked when I was like, "Wow, none of you are going to take me up on bartering with my with my rolls of duct tape here, really, guys?" Like, what, it seems like Jawas of all the people in the Star Wars universe would find numerous uses for duct tape. That's what I'm saying. Like, I I went in with a plan. This wasn't like, oh, I'll just bring a roll of duct tape and hope for the best. I was like, no, you know what? Jawas need duct tape. I'm going to revolutionize yeah. the Jawa culture here with this one roll of Short-sighted. duct tape. Because once they have that, they're unstoppable. By the Jawas, really. Yeah. Truly. Like, uh, we even at the end in this movie, duct tape comes back again because he uses it as fake That's handcuffs right. for the billionaire. We, the duct tape versatility in this film, it's, it's excellent. Like, this movie has questionable disability representation, but impeccable duct Great tape call. representation. Um, my final note, Thank since you. you mentioned the uh, end point of the billionaire, is there is a moment that is basically the end of the film where the billionaire has survived, much, uh, much to my surprise. And he, I don't know if it's The Rock or someone else, says to him, what are you going to do now? And he stares into the distance and says with all the gravitas that the poor actor who was asked to do this could muster, rebuild. And it was clearly supposed to be like a deep moment. And and it really, it was arguably the worst part of the film. <laughs> I It really did feel um, optimistic about yeah. the potential of a sequel. Like it... I, I wasn't, he's going to, re- who's going to insure you? You, and by the way, your building burnt down before the right. insurance was signed off. So you've just you lost. You didn't get insured in the first money. place. So whatever it costs, that's straight out the, out the window. Uh, in fact, not only did yeah. you not get insured, but you were never even on the way to get insured because the guy you thought was there to inspect the building was actually a plant from the gangsters. Yeah, you, I mean, I, maybe he also had a side job as an insurance specialist. <laughs> I, I, I Sure. I don't know. I, I don't know which job pays worse. So I will go with the fact that like everyone's got to have a side hustle these days. And so Fair if you're point. like a gangster, sure, you might also pick up. You want the insurance. Like, right. You want he's health insurance. Boss, so you get a, a you day know? job. He's just a, he's a minion. Like yeah. he doesn't make the big bucks. He probably does need a side job. We don't know. I'm not going to judge that, that but I, I, I do definitely there. believe that. It's, you know, you know we, we all got to do it. It's the modern life is hard. We all got to have a day job for insurance, and then you know pursue our passions in That's the ten right. minutes. Or you marry days. an insured person. Well, yeah. that 
that is the move. I, you know, been waiting. This the only reason I have a day job is because I'm like, hey, someone could marry me. I this makes me very appealing on the market. Like I've great got great point. insurance, guys. Line point. up around the lead, corner. Lead your day. Lead your I know. dating profiles. I'm insured. I uh, that's actually like has great health insurance in uh-huh. a 401k. I should have <laughs> led with that. That's maybe that's why I'm still single. I haven't led. I've led with like my personality traits uh-huh. on my profile and not like, hey, here's my credentials here. But uh, but yeah, it's um. I'm not sure how he's going to rebuild, but I appreciate his optimism that he does think he will. He just, the look on his face, I felt bad for the actor in that moment. Like, there's no good way to deliver that line. It just can't be done. The actor is saddled with a tremendous amount of bad. Like, when when he sets up, when he brings the rock to the pearl and then, like, makes the pearl look like he's hovering, you know, in the middle of the sky... And then he's yeah. like, welcome to heaven. Oh, yeah. well, no, you're not in heaven. You're just hovering. You're hovering virtually above like this. It's not even if he's in some sort of like, wow, you've put me floating into space or into some environment where I cannot yeah. replicate. He just replicates what's literally right. on the other side of the wall, right. which you can see. Yeah. It's not heaven so an, much as a an, few hundred feet off the ground. Um yeah, and you've just closed the door because, right. like, they were on a, it's, it, the sphere yeah. opens, so you just shut them in there and, like, that. but if you open the hatch, yeah, yeah, yeah. no, absolutely, this it's right. You there. know what it is? It, I I think the issue is we did not need cheesy walk off lines to sell that this guy yeah. was like a ridiculous billionaire because you already built a building three times the height of the Burj Khalifa. We get it. We yeah, get it. That was it. The giant yeah, dick in the middle of Hong Kong conveys the point about who this guy is. Okay. <laughs> we did not need the like grandiose uh, you know, commentary about everything that he encounters. Right. And we get so little. And the thing is, again, like the actor is I really liked the actor whose name I am neglecting to look up. Um Yes. But I really liked him. I found found him incredibly oh. charismatic. So it's that difficulty of like, can you give me more of him, but not, not in the one. way you're using yeah. him currently? Like, I, yeah, once he and The Rock team up and seemed like I would have enjoyed watching the two right. of them as a team the together much more than could have worked here. Uh, but but uh, yeah, yeah. He, instead, he is, likes to like stand up, get a get a shot of his face and say something over dramatic. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's a thankless. It's a Tough thankless one. role yeah. for that man. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but it's, you know, I will say, like, as much as we've ripped on the movie, again, the set pieces and, like, the second half of this movie works really yeah, well and, for me. And I think, you know, you ask because... yourself with a movie like this, what are you looking for? And I think the primary yeah. goal, even if all the stuff we've been bagging on, I think lightheartedly, Um, Even if all of that stuff was good, I think the primary objective here is the rock hanging off of cranes and buildings and like crazy fires and turbines. And it that stuff is is not only here, but it is shot super effectively and it's creative and as silly as some of these solutions may be, they are dramatic and and interesting. 
Yeah, I will say the thing that works almost least to me of the entire movie is that the climax takes place entirely right. within the Pearl, where the whole thing is these sort of images of like, it's the, you can't tell which reflection it's is the real and which isn't. It's the you described earlier, and it's the same thing as, as what you were saying about the welcome to heaven line, right? It's like, guys, yeah. you can have a hall of mirrors anywhere. Why are you shutting yeah, a VR it's, sphere? I was like, why do we two thousand feet in the air? Like, use use your surroundings. That's the thing. I was like, wait, use the surroundings. That was. I was like, wait, why are we in this climax where suddenly we're not worried about the girl being dropped off the side of the building? Like, why am I not afraid? Why am I not seeing the rock being strangled while dangling off of the side of that building in the climax? That is confusing to me, and. I did enjoy the payoff of it, which is that there's like now a hole blown in the floor and the bad guy is like, I've got a kill switch or he's holding a grenade and he's holding the daughter over the the gaping hole. And the payoff is, of course, that the rock is like trying to negotiate with him. And then we find out it wasn't the rock. It was his reflection and he's behind him. And then he kicks him with his <laughs> fake leg into the hole. Um, and that that is a lot. Um, and that is like maybe the best use of all of the things that they've set up in terms of like the Holomir's effect and the fact that he's got a prosthesis and all these like, fine, that's that's where we're culminating all of this. It's still that whole extended sequence of people like firing and also the rock has yeah. a samurai sword. It, it. I think the thing about the climax is that as I'm starting to break it into pieces, I'm like, this sounds as if I'm describing <laughs> a dream I had. It holds together about that well, yeah. And yeah, where I'm like, yeah, I was in this hall of mirrors and I couldn't figure out who was like, and I was running from terrorists and the rock was there and he had and a samurai sword. There, yep. And also a prosthetic leg. I don't know. It, it was really weird. And then like, yeah, like, so all of the different pieces of it do very much feel that in that like, um, I feel like I'm pulling bits and pieces of a dream back in and trying to tell you about it. But it's like, not as when you're watching it it's not as surreal as a dream it's just kind of like i don't know what's happening i can't i had a really hard time fall because of the fact that you didn't know who was real and who what what was real and what real what wasn't it right. didn't feel tangible enough to me yeah. to track it i i, I track yeah. what you're saying perfectly that that's it. yeah and again that would be weird in any action movie in a movie built yeah. around a skyscraper which you could have used in any number of ways as the climax it's particularly yeah. bizarre um and again just like another one of the bad and bizarre choices that were made here i mean you and i could continue to go back and forth about the many things about this movie that are both mystifying while simultaneously kind of entertaining um I guess this brings us to what was this movie really about? Got Matt, what do you got? Do you have anything? Well, I, I mean, I, I don't know that I have anything better than what I said maybe half an hour ago, which is like the disaster was the billionaire all along. Um, but I, I do think we have to say Beyond that, which is a, a more broad vision of what this film is about, it's about 
a man and his family and and the the lengths that that man is willing to go to you know like he has the skills that he has but he left that life behind but when it comes to saving his family there's no length he won't go to including climbing the tallest building in the world with duct tape on his hands and in a way that's kind of a beautiful thing yeah, I think I think that the the real towering inferno is family is a very <laughs> is a is a true read on this. And like you now are a father of two. Like you've you're yeah. in a da- very like when this movie came out in 2018, had you seen it, I think it would be a very different viewing experience for you personally versus now. Um you would I mean, would you would you try and scale a building like that with duct tape on your hands for the kids? I don't know, because that would surely result in my death. And I'm That's not sure true. how that would help. Right. Okay, so fair, so I, mean, I have a different set of parameters than than even a, a, a you know, partially dismembered the rock. Um, but you like scale said, an emotional building. Yeah, you do. Yeah. You know, as stupid and cliche as it all is, you do think about crazy things that you would do for these little bastards. And especially when they are. It's especially noteworthy when they are really being buttheads <laughs> um, that like you just care so much about these things that that uh, came out of you and or your wife or partner. And it's it's uh, yeah, it's a whole other set of emotions. And that resonates. Yeah, I think that's, you know, I loved I, I enjoyed kind of the playfulness he had with his kids, too. Like there's a real sense of him just kind of enjoy like he doesn't interact with them particularly in this movie but you get the sense that he's still like he loves being yeah, a dad. He's really dadding it up man he's yeah he's super dad in this and it's just yeah. so yeah i i think that's a fair read i think you know i'm always down for a, the real enemy was the billionaires all along like i'm i'm yeah. on board with that um and in particular in this yeah i think this is the you know it's a metaphor for family especially given that like the friend you know pablo schreiber we find out early one of his whole things is like he lost his career and didn't get a hot wife out of it. So right. right. Clearly that that's seems to be his chief bitterness with the rock. Is yeah. Like, yeah. We both got blown up, but you got a hot wife out of it. What the hell? Yeah. I just like have to work for a billionaire and have like some light scarring on my neck. <laughs> right. But, uh, but also worth pointing out, like the hot wife didn't get him the job, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and like very clearly what we've heard is that, you know, The Rock is doing this out of his garage. Meanwhile, this yeah. guy is wearing like nice suits in Hong Kong. This man right. is is set. Yeah, um, man. You chose that life, Pablo. Don't, yeah, don't put Pablo, it on The Rock. Like I will say, Pablo, you're good looking. You could have gotten a wife. Yeah. You could have. Wives I mean, maybe for not. You. There definitely would have been wives for you, Pablo. Yeah. But he didn't. He didn't go that lifestyle. Um, yeah, I think. I think that's. All your I think, choices, Pablo Schreiber. <laughs> All right. I, huh. I like that. Yeah. I like I like the I like where we've landed on what this movie was really about. Cause it doesn't this is a movie that barely knows what it's about as a as a concept. So I Very think fair. that it being about family all along is is reasonable. Yeah. Um, and I think relevant to the point we've made mm-hmm. about the actors, which is like they controlled what they could control, which is like convince us that they cared about each other as a family. Yeah. And then in terms of like disaster movie, they somebody comes to you and is like, we want to remake it. Are you casting? Are you doing any special casting for this? Are you walking away from the project entirely? Where you got? Okay, so I thought a lot about this. Okay. Because when I was on for Rampage, a movie that I liked much more than this, I, you know, had a whole other cast in mind. 
Sure. Um, and it was one of my favorite things to do was design the the alternate world cast, right? Yeah. But, and I think, you know, if anyone has made it this far in the podcast, they'll understand what I'm about to say. I, ra- given the option, I would rather rewrite and direct this film than recast it. Yeah. So give me Skyscraper with the same cast, but written and directed by Steven Soderbergh in like 2002. Ooh, yes. And that, I feel like that's a great movie. There's a there's a great movie in there, but it needed an auteur to pull it out. Yeah. Which, like, this movie was written and directed by one person, so I'm on board with that as a concept because this is very clearly somebody who, you know, was competent but not sufficient, and I'm so I'm super <laughs> on board with this. Yes. I'm glad that that, I'm glad that worked because yeah. I, I truly, I don't know how you recast well, almost anything with The Rock is very difficult to recast. Like we pulled it off with Rampage, I think, but it's still it's a it's a tall mountain to climb, literally and metaphorically. <laughs> um, so, and and I was so happy to see Nev Campbell, and so generally, like pleasantly surprised by the acting throughout this movie that yeah. it felt a shame to to change the one thing that worked. <laughs> 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 like the one thing that generally was uh, was good throughout, um, I felt like let's keep that and then have someone tune up the other parts. Yeah, I I think that's a smart choice, and I really like it. I'm on board with that completely. Yeah, yeah. I and I love. I mean, I I rewatched Ocean's Eleven a f- uh, few nights ago, and I was just like, it's great. It's just great. Like, it's a great movie. That theater he was on with with you know uh, out of sight and Ocean's Eleven like, like that that dude and. Those movies are all slick and like sexy and clever. It's just and they're fun, um, which I thought was missing here. And yeah. and I think you could have had effective drama and also added at least a little more fun to it if you had it in the right hands. Yeah, I think I, I think that's absolutely a correct instinct. So yeah, I'm on board with that. I, I don't like you said, it's really hard to watch these movies, a movie with The Rock and think of someone else in his role. Um, like there's, you know, a world of like you would have to take it in a completely different direction. It would have to be a completely different kind of actor. Um, but as I watched this movie, I couldn't help but think of something very personal to me, which is that I couldn't help but keep imagining my grandfather. who. <laughs> It makes sense when she gets to where my brain was at. My grandfather, when I was three, lost his leg from below the knee um, to a diabetes. So for most of my life or most of, you know, the life that my life, my grandfather had a prosthetic leg, um, which, of course, there's the great apocryphal family story of the time when, you know, he had just gotten it. He just gotten out of the hospital. He was coming over for dinner. And my mom was like, listen, Saul, can you please just, you know, Amanda's three. It's just for ease of, you know, transition. Can you make sure you wear your leg? So, of course, my grandfather being my grandfather, I, you know, he comes to the front. I go running the front door. I answer. And there's my grandfather standing there with a pant leg dangling and no foot uh, because he had chosen not to wear his prosthetic leg. (laughs) To which I said, hi, Papa. How's your leg? (laughs) 
And he said, fine, how's yours? And then walked in the house and I left me standing there like looking confused at my feet. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So you know, great you stuff. Pass it with your grandfather. I would, and I so that. as I'm watching this, I'm like, huh, I wonder if Papa could have done that. Because, so wait, you know, is just, your, is your, is this is your dad's dad? Yeah, it was my dad's dad. Um, Does he have a sister? It, it, no. Ah. Why? Did you want to recast it with his sister? No, does your dad have a sister? Oh, does, does my dad he... have a sister? No, yes, my dad has two sisters and a brother. So yes, that we could, my dad could have, we could put, throw this back to the 70s, give my grandfather an earlier prosthetic leg and then make my, it just fully be my full family. It would be um, even more impressive, some of that stuff, <laughs> with a wooden leg than with the like, you know. The titanium, titanium Ulta, thing. yeah. I know, I and mean, that's, he's got like the super high tech leg, um, which no, my grandfather definitely would not have been able to wedge the titanium doors open <laughs> With his 1988 prosthetic leg, for sure. That would not have held up. Um, but yeah, I just like, there was a part of me that this whole time I was watching, I was like, huh, could Papa have scaled that building? I bet he could have made that jump. And so that's, you know, in my head, personally, my fantasy casting, this was my grandfather. I love that. That's, I know that the rest of the audience isn't going to be able to really process that as a concept. He also had like, my, my grandfather, having seen photos of him as a younger man, like he it was six feet tall like he was fairly tall for you know burly like, you know, he's burly like he was he he and i have very had very similar builds like a wide wide shoulders broad torso um and so he had that sort of top heavy build that the rock had without like obviously the rocks build so you know, i think he'd have the upper body strength to at one point when he just like fully commando climbs up a rope um yeah to get back up to the, I think my grandfather could have done that. Sure. And listen, nobody looked like the rock in the seventies, right. right? Like your grandfather is probably the closest thing to the rock they had at that time. I think that's fair to say. No one can say <laughs> he wasn't is the thing. So my dad's been listening to the podcast recently. I have no idea if he's going to listen to this episode, but if he is, he's going to be really confused by the time he gets to this part. <laughs> hey dad. <laughs> But yeah, so that's where I'm at with this uh, in terms of fantasy casting. I, I love your Soderbergh idea, though, because I think that that's, yeah, I agree. I think that the director is the issue here. Um, so yeah, it, how many Towering Infernos, Matt? And you can give partials. Yeah. How many Towering Infernos are you giving this Towering Inferno movie? And it's out of five, right? Correct. I I, I think I think I uh, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go super partial. Because I just can't quite give it a three three towering infernos that feels too high for the movie we've just spent like eighty five minutes trashing. So, but but I also don't want to suggest that it's unwatchable trash. So I'm gonna go like two point nine stars. Okay. Or towering infernos rather. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's I I'm I'm around. I was like three and a quarter on this. Like. Mm -hmm. I which for me is is pretty low because I tend to rate really high. Um, yeah, it's well, this is your genre. My, yeah, I, you know. like I, the thing is, is it's it's sort of like my feeling with most disaster movies is it's still like pizza. Like I'm still gonna eat it. I just might the whole time go. I'd rather be eating better pizza, but I'm still gonna eat As the someone pizza. Someone living in a new place and trying all the pizza places around to oh. to decide which is our favorite. Sure. Let me tell you, I deeply understand that analogy. Yeah, it's it's like. You're going to eat. You're just not going to be happy with it. Like there's going to be gross yeah. cheese and sometimes the, the the marinara sauce is going to suck, but you're still going to consume it and feel gross after. So like, it well, is what and it at is. the end of the day, I'm not going to like dislike consuming that mediocre pizza. 
Yeah. Like, I'm not going to order from that place again, but it's like, I'm not going to throw it out. That would be ridiculous. Yeah. You're just maybe not going to save the rest of it for later with (laughs) with you might eat it, but you won't have the same like, yeah, I can't wait to get to it. Exactly. Bigger. Yeah. That's right. So, yeah. So that's, that's like a three and a quarter or three. Like it's, if I wouldn't recommend someone pay good human money for it, but if it's free on a streaming service, I would say like, yeah, watch it. You'll have. There's the set pieces are worth it alone, um, but it's definitely not. Honestly, you could probably like fast forward in between bits that have fire. You know, just yeah. keep an eye on the the like screen at the bottom as you're as you're skipping ahead to the fire, and all of the set pieces are pretty spectacular, and you're not gonna miss a ton. <laughs> yeah, you're there's not you're, there's not gonna be a plot that you're gonna be lost on, and I wasn't you're not like- gonna be lost. Or rather, you won't be any more lost than you would be had you watched the whole thing. Yeah, I like as long as you see that the rock is still moving, you're good. I right. will say, like, I, I having just said that about the streaming, like, I'm not mad. I spent four dollars on this. There, no. I, I, I have been mad in the past at things I have spent money on for streaming. Where I've been like, I resent that I made this decision. This is not one that I'm angry. I spent money on. I just, I wouldn't tell someone you have to. Watch I cannot, it. in good conscience, yeah. advise you. <laughs> to, to spend your that's hard-earned a, money. That's the thing. I'd be like, you know, listen, there's you, go watch The Towering Inferno, go watch Die Hard, go watch the Korean movie Exit, which is fantastic. Um, which I, I thought of multiple times while watching this because go watch Rampage, you know. Go watch Rampage again. Yeah. There's just there's so many other movies that I would be like, it's just a better use of your time. Again, if you haven't watched Exit, which we talked I we talked about on the podcast a, a while back, check it out. It's a really like that. That gives you the a lot of what this movie has, but with a lot more fun. Um, so I like, yeah, just there's there's other options in the world. Anyway, there are, there are other skyscrapers to climb. <laughs> exactly. Well, Matt, before I send you on your way, what do you want to promote? Is there anything? Where can we find you? Where are you on the socials? Tell us. Tell us what to do. Um, I am the Kolsky on the socials. For no other reason than some dude had at Kolsky on Twitter 10 years ago when I first signed up and I just wanted synchronicity with the Kolsky across other platforms. Uh, so I think everything I'm on threads, maybe with that, something like that. Yeah. In any event, if you actually want to consume the content I'm creating, uh, there are two places to do that at the moment. One is my weekly podcast, the toy department. It's on all your podcast platforms and, uh, not a lot of disaster films, but a lot of TV and movie discussion with some music and sports thrown in as well. Sort of all of the things in the toy department of life, so to speak. And then I'm uh, starting to get involved with a buddy uh, doing a sports and sometimes sports betting channel. Uh, his name is Josh Lander. His channel is Land Your Bets. Uh, it's on YouTube. There are podcasts. And it's fun, and I go on there, and uh, so far, some football stuff. But once we get into basketball season, going to be doing a lot of videos and podcasts over there. If sports is your thing, um, I know, Amanda, that um, in particular, there is a sport and a team that is your thing. Yeah. And- we don't need to talk about that right now because okay. I right. am personally choosing to believe that the postseason doesn't exist. Okay. Um, okay. It's so hurtful. you're not in a you're not in a desperate hope 
stage. You're in a uh, resigned I have, disappointment I'm stage. I'm planning the rest of my October accordingly. Okay. It's kind of where right. I'm at. As we record this well, podcast on you know. uh, the 11th of October before game three. Mm. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I don't want to say I'm fully resigned, but I'm, I'm not, I don't, I have other plans this evening than watching the game. Let's put it that way. Wow. Wow. I mean, that, that wasn't, dark. that wasn't intentional. That was because I, you know, a friend was asked me to have dinner and I was like, yeah, that's the one day that works. And then I was like, Shh, I wasn't expecting it to be a, you know, <laughs> decision game. Um, but yeah. yeah. All right. Well, you know, listen. Um, but I know people you? love the sports and they love the betting. So I'm excited well, for yes. you with that. And more importantly, although I'm now realizing this is not probably timely, like, uh, you know, you had a better season than most people. So uh, I had a great I had a great summer. Can't complain. This is why I've never go. like without getting into too much into the baseball of it all. I have never particularly gotten committed to the postseason because I'm like, what is it? What do I care if they like I want them to win because I know it matters to them, but I've had a great time. Yeah. As long as the team has a winning season, I'm happy. I don't I I mostly just want us to win a World Series so I don't have to like, keep hearing people bitch at us about it, but like personally, <laughs> the winning the World Series to me is less important than not sucking the rest of the season. Well, yeah, but you in many ways you just described the essence of sports fandom, which is I really just want us to win so I stop having to hear shit from other people about it. Yeah, oh, 100%. <laughs> like if the Padres fandom didn't exist, if I didn't have to hear from Padres fans, I wouldn't even think about the postseason. Oh, like, oh, wasn't... But then everyone's and you know, if there weren't like the narrative about Clayton Kershaw on the postseason, I'd be like, whatever, right. who cares? Right. But then right. because people are being mean to my my large adult children. Exactly. I just I want to, to be able to say Clayton Kershaw is the greatest and not have somebody bring up his postseason ERA. That's all. This is what I'm saying. <laughs> like, it's not a debate, guys. It's a it's a statement. This is a period, it. not a question mark. Anyway. Yeah, that's where that's so I, you know, but other people betting on other sports. Sure. Love it. Go bet with Kolsky. I don't know if that's and how listen, it works, I, but go bet with As Kolsky. you can see, listeners, I am capable of derailing almost anything into a sports conversation at any time. It, it is a superpower of yours. It's almost like this is kind of like what you tend, what your career path is or something. Almost, It's almost a thing I had a career in. Almost. Yeah, it's almost like that's a, it's almost like that was your career. Um, and you like your primary interests, but yeah, uh, much, I, I love a good sports derailment, but, uh, yeah. Anyway, Kolsky, thank you so That's much where for I coming am. back. Toy department, land your bets. And, uh, hopefully, you know, I don't know how many three timers have you had because not many, you would be joining the ranks of Van Lathan Jr. And Paul yeah. Feig. Yeah. And I think those are our only, those are the only three timers I think. Well, listen, that's company I would love to keep. So, yeah. you know, keep my name in your Rolodex. Yeah, I mean, I can't make any promises about giving you a robe like the Five Timers Club for SNL, but I can work on it. You gave Paul Feig a robe, didn't you? I didn't give Paul Feig a robe, but I like emotionally <laughs> gave Paul Feig a robe. Let's, oh, man. Yeah. I well, should listen, get. I, I don't know. I, Paul, if I, you're I, listening, I'll get you a robe, I guess. I don't know. Like, if I don't expect to ever reach the level of a Paul Feig in any way. But uh, <laughs> Van Lathan, I feel like I can set my sights on. Okay. 
Van Van also hasn't gotten a robe yet, but you know, if if they get robes, you'll also get a robe. Okay, how's that sound? That's huge. That's huge for me. Thank you. Okay, you're welcome. You'll get you'll get matching robes with those guys. Anyway, Matt, <laughs> thanks again. It was good to talk to you, and uh, yeah, we'll come back for more the rock i guess i feel like if we do it again it's gonna have to be something with the rock so uh we may need to take a beat really examine that filmography and you know see what else comes out starring the rock over the next year uh, i don't know when san andreas 2 is coming out but you know that's gonna be an adventure in of itself wait that's that's a go picture yeah he's making san andreas 2 i don't know when but he's making san andreas 2 Wow. All right. Well, listen, this is a teaser. I don't know if I don't know if, you know, nothing is set in stone, but but that's a that's a mighty fine idea you just had. Hold on. Wait, I'm sorry. I didn't realize that he was. When did they announce Pirates of the Caribbean 6 with him as Jack Sparrow? I'm sorry. What? That is chaotic. No, 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 no. This must be. This can't be real. Is that a parody? I don't know. I saw it on. I saw it. Let me let me let me explain. I saw this at the bottom of his filmography on Wikipedia. I and mean, now I'm thoroughly. I don't know. I I don't want to say this out loud because I know how it's going to sound. But like Wikipedia is usually pretty reliable on that sort of thing. That's the thing. It's pretty reliable. I don't know. I'm I'm skimming. I'm not seeing anything in the. God, no, there's so much like there's nothing in the untitled six film that mentions him. So maybe The Rock put it in there as some sort of like wish fulfillment thing. Like maybe he's self-actualizing it. I don't know. But <laughs> maybe he's self-actualizing it. Uh, OK, well, he does have an action adventure Christmas film coming out. So maybe we take a look at that. and <laughs> Reconsider our options. We'll find we're going to find something else. But and I I'm just. I mean, maybe Jungle Cruise counts as a disaster. I'm just, I'm, I'm just struggling with the process of. Okay, so I, the, the, I know we we need to go, but just a sec. So we, we just talked about day. I just talked about Daylight with Clay Keller, the Steven, the Sylvester Stallone movie where he's trapped in the Holland Tunnel, and we get yeah. into this whole digression about how Arnold Schwarzenegger was considered, and I was like, my problem is that I can't process Arnold Schwarzenegger in that because I don't think of Arnold Schwarzenegger as buoyant. And then we got into this whole discussion of the buoyancy, relative buoyancy of, of of actors. And I'm having difficulty with The Rock as a pirate. Yeah. Because. For buoyancy reasons? Not for buoyancy reasons. This is the opposite. I can't imagine The Rock efficiently swinging on ropes from masts. That's the, That's my issue with The Rock is that he's not light enough to swing like i just can't mentally like pirates have to swing on ropes between things and like they're very light on their feet in that way not only that well yeah right light on their feet that's what i was gonna say like yeah it's like there's the lightness of a of a pirate there's like a spryness to them that yeah i don't i don't see with the rock that especially to to captain jack sparrow which you know obviously i guess we're going a different direction with that role and and i can understand and respect that but um it does seem like that character has a particular like uh, boozy lightness about him. Yes, correct. There's a even if they they totally redo the like, you know, the the idea of a seafaring people um, is not a, is not questionable to me. It's the kind of ship and the kind of requirement yeah. that the ships have. And huh? for piracy, yeah, you require a lightness that you don't necessarily require for other seafaring people. 
Sure. So I like think a, like a naval admiral, um, uh, the the rock works for me. Yeah, or the rock on a in a in a in a catamaran works for me because that's a something. Viking. A Viking, the rock. The Viking, the rock, where they're rowing, you know, oars. Yeah, it's yeah. it's it's the the sort of litheness of piracy that I'm having a disconnect with in my brain. So I'm gonna have to wrap my head around that. Yeah, I mean, we have a lot to think about as it regards Pirates of the Caribbean six starring The Rock. Allegedly. Anyway, <laughs> Matt, thank you so much. This was so Always great. Always my pleasure. I love you. Love this podcast, and uh, can't wait to do it again someday. Sounds good. Talk to you soon. And I'll be back next week with uh, Fangirl Jean to talk about 2008's movie Doomsday with uh, a lot of conversation. It's a deep dive, guys. We talk. It actually went on so long that I had to be like, we have to reschedule and continue this later because I have to go to the dentist. Um, and then we continue to talk for another like 30 minutes. So I think it's going to end up being like a two hour episode. And it's really good, um, as it always is, whenever Gene stops by. Um, so that will be out next week. And then, I, as I had said previously, um, the final episode will be in two weeks with Alex Steed. I'm going to keep the um, merch site up, like I said, through the end of December, just in case anybody wants to get anything last minute for some holiday gifts, things like that. Um, and then I will take that offline in January. Um, and I did agree on Twitter that if uh, when Twisters comes out, when the when the long awaited Twister sequel comes out, I will come back for that. Um, but in the meantime, if you need to find me, I'm Amanda Smith on Blue Sky, Disaster Girls on Blue Sky as well, also on Twitter, uh, disastergirlspod at gmail.com. And I will see y'all back next week for Doomsday. <laughs> <laughs>